This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, LSPod fans, it's JR here. Burt's Babes, Hoddle's Heroes, even Decanio's Dozens. We've had some iconic lineups in our history at Swindon, just like the legendary menu at McDonald's. Parking or Austin, sweet curry or barbecue? Why not get a McNugget share box to enjoy the debates with your mates? And thanks to book delivery, every drop-off could be a home win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points too. No one wants to drop points at home, and with tasty rewards to earn, you won't be missing out. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com It's when the time. Ah, oh, he's back. Hello, Joe. Hello, Richard. You know, after quite a few in quick succession, it's it's been a little while. It's been a long time. We shouldn't have left you because plenty of stuff has happened. Well, exactly. I've been, you know, really worn down by the last few weeks, all the stuff going on. <laughs> well, usually we talk about the last league game, but that was Colchester and you were there. I was, and firmly wishing I wasn't. <laughs> do, you, do you remember anything from it? It seems like ages ago. It, it feels like a really long time ago. Um, I remember a period before the game where various different Swindon players tried to assault our fans with shots they were taking in the warm-up. And that should have been a clue of what was to come. Who was the worst offender? Um, oh, I think it was... Was it Tyree Shade with a volley? I think it might have been. I think he just about missed someone, really cracked a seat almost in half. It was... It was an interesting point in the game. I think Steve Mildenhall did the same at one point. Oh, he, he sends an apology usually when he kicks one over. Yeah, he's you know he he he's good about it. But there were so many who were doing it. It was it was uh, becoming a bit of a theme. Yeah. Oh dear. Well, protect your bovril. That's all you've got to do. Protect your bovrils at all costs. I went to Chippenham Town 1, Swindon Town 3, as I implied in the last pod, said in the episode, I kind of wish I wasn't there, but that was purely because of the weather and the and the price of the ticket. Um, the game itself was fine. Got to see Oscar Massey for the first time, scored within a couple of minutes. Adeloy scoring a brace, Joe. I've seen it. It existed. I was happy. Yeah, there was, there was actual evidence this time, un- unlike Newport. It was... It was it was lovely to see a big Tommy getting on the score sheet, even if you know 
It was a Wiltshire Premier Shield, which I wholeheartedly think we should we should have actually put the first team out for. Go and get some silverware. <laughs> there was a time in like the late two thousands where we did, I swear, started putting out sort of far too stronger teams uh, for the, for the competition. But I think the highlight for me was after Adeloy scored his penalty that he got a penalty and he kind of hurt his head, and it was clearly not a bad head injury. But Gavin Gunning and the the sports scientist guy, his name escapes me, were absolutely livid with the very bashful and timid official by saying it was a concussion and therefore they needed another sub so they could bring Tom Wynn Davis on as well. It was very funny because it wasn't a concussion at all. But my goodness, they were playing the system and they were not happy when the when the officials didn't oblige. Yeah, this is this is what the people have been telling us would happen with the concussion subs. It's sort of the reverse of Iran England, I suppose. It it sounds like with uh, with the desperation to get someone off who may or may not have been concussed. It wasn't on the injury report. I can say that much. Well, exactly. So yes, indeed. Well, Scott Lindsay's gone. Uh, we've we've done a couple of pods on this now. I'm always interested to hear your take. What, what do you think? Well, it, this was quite a tough one for me because I really like Scott Lindsay. I've sp- obviously I speak to him every week. And he's really nice. You know, he's, he's been very very kind to me and you know really helped me develop doing press conferences. But at the same time, like it did get to the point where I I, I think I said on the Alex Vlogs video, you know, it, it, we probably have to move on now. This is. This is not working. So, you know, you don't want to call for someone's head, especially if it's someone that you, you know, quite like as a person. I wouldn't say that we're friends, obviously, but, you know, it, it felt a bit snakish. But, you know, I like Swindon more, so it's like probably the right choice to get rid of him now. And, you know, he get. I think he, us getting money for him is, is an absolute masterstroke from Sando Di Michele. So thank you very much, Crawley Town. Do you have any concerns going into January with the the notion that we might be a little disjointed going into what will be a busy month or so? Well, the entire point of our structure of a football club is that that shouldn't happen because the head coach doesn't really impact things. I think for players it might. They usually want to know who they're playing for, obviously. But you know, the structure of who buys the players and who they're buying them for is entirely... Um, irrelevant for the manager or head coach they're they, they're all the same so it, it shouldn't have any impact because whoever's getting the job now should should fit that same mold that we already had dare to dream joe who do you want oof um i I've, i think i've said all along that i think Liam manning is probably a bit unattainable because he did so well with mk dons so i'd be more than happy with our towel I've, I've been pushing the jonathan woodgate train uh, for the last two appointments now actually i just think he would be fun um, and the right tile of football, but anyone like that, I, I don't. The Chris Hutton stuff confused me because he's the completely the wrong style. This is a huge name, but he got kicked out of Brighton for not playing good enough football. So it'd be a bit strange, given what we're doing, for that to happen. You sort of upset things because he'd be expensive. But you know, Dave Bartel, more than happy with him. I think the bookies listens. They're still suspended, aren't they? For this, we're still they panicked on Mark Bircham yesterday on the on the 11th and it still hasn't reopened so that's a bit odd unless there's something in it usually it reopens I'm I'm going by my experiences last summer where it opened and closed freely based on whoever leaked that day I think there was about seven top candidates by the time uh, Scott Lindsay got the job yeah a moose sighting within a mile of the county ground has clearly been enough for them to suspend the suspend the odds (laughs) I suppose 
of um for hip, hip, with Talksport being there yesterday for basically no reason. But I mean, it didn't feel very done because um, I wasn't in the press conference. But I, you know, certainly Dave Rickson hadn't been told anything yet. So I, I would be surprised if they have, you know, signed signed anyone up quite as yet. I think we're definitely waiting for hopefully early next week. We were looking at that reference from two angles. You referenced the moose in, in reference to talk sport, and I thought you were doing a stereotype for Canadians. <laughs> so, Well, we, we, we had both bases co- covered on that one. Both bases certainly covered. Well, let's talk about this presser. A bit of a tough one to listen to, really. It was with Gavin Gunning, who is co-interim head coach alongside Steve Mildenhall. Gav Gunning was doing most of the noise at Chippenham Town. Not not as aggressive as he is in league games, I will say. Never heard a man say love it as much as I saw him say it or hear him say it at Chippenham when um, when coaching the young squads. What are your impressions on Gavin Gunning? Well, well my first um, point on this was I was very surprised when I got the email to hear that it was Gav Gunning that was going to do the presser. I, I kind of thought, they would just send out Mildenhall because he's the good vibes man. But that wasn't that wasn't the path they went down. I guess they had an arm wrestle and Mad Gav won um, or lost potentially, depending on how they looked at it. Um, I, you know, he seemed he's very direct. He spoke way too quickly for me to type it all out. That was becoming very difficult. But you know, he's, he, 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 there's I, there was I think it was slightly disjointed what he was saying, but there were some really obvious headlines in there, which I think we all sort of. Um, noted afterwards, there's some very obvious big points in this, which didn't necessarily exist from Scott Lindsay's press conferences. So it was it was an interesting one for sure. Uh, he, he seemed fairly pleasant through the the Microsoft Teams window that I had. Okay, well let's let's see how Gavin Gunning did in this one. So firstly, well, we can we can only start in one place: the Scott Lindsay era. What does he say about Lindsay's spell? Yeah, the, the Lindsay spell. I guess it was. Kind not a going in, but a sort of what the fans are thinking. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't vertical enough. I suppose he said specifically, we might make like less passes in our own half, but we are going to get the ball forward and really go after Grimsby, which I would suggest is also something Scott Lindsay said probably every two weeks. So we'll take that one with a pinch of salt. Um, it was. Kind of more his answer on this, the end of the Scotland's year was more about obviously what they've been doing since, which is a slightly murky period. I did actually try and ask both Gavin Gunning, I think, and Luke Jeffcott about it when this sort of transition actually happened. But um, yeah, they've they were sort of just trying to keep everything as constant around, even if there's only really the two of them and the more support staff doing the training and just trying to make things as as seamless a transition as possible from Lindsay leaving to Gunning and Mildenhall taking it pretty much on their own. Do we know how long they've been taking training for, like in terms of days? Because of course the Lindsay stuff broke late last week, but I don't know when the last time Scott Lindsay took training. Do you know how long they've been doing it for? No, they didn't say is, is what I was getting at with what I was asking. It was no, kind of at what point did this actually happen? They They didn't, certainly disclose at what stage it would have been. I imagine probably since Monday, I imagine they gave the players the weekend off and then you know, Scott Lindsay just didn't come back. Yeah. Well, in terms of the dugout at Chippenham, Gavin Gunning was upright doing his thing throughout. Steve Mildenhall was there 
and also the performance analyst Liam McCartan. He was doing a lot of, you know, having a lot of a uh, say and, and making a lot of noise there. Lee Peacock was in the was in the stands, and pretty much everyone was there. Really, I even hear, I mean, someone said Sandra Di McKaylee was there. I didn't see him, but pretty much everyone was at Chippenham, which was a good sight, really, all things considered. How does he feel about becoming interim? What, what did Gavin Gunning say about that? He, he seemed he seemed pretty pleased to give him the opportunity to go and do it. He was very firm in this press conference that he did not want the job permanently at all, which I think will alleviate some fears that we would do we would do another appointing of an assistant, or in this case, just a coach. It was it was very clear on that 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 wasn't something he wanted. But um, he was you know he, he was told by Sandro um, earlier um, earlier in the spell that him and Mildenhall were going to be taking over and they were very pleased to step in. And um, he was very complimentary about being able to work with someone like Charlie Austin, which is, of course, the big big talk of the week, aside from all, all the various other stuff that's happening at the exact same time. Yeah, we'll get to Charlie in just a moment, but I don't think Gunning could, could he? Because he hasn't got his badges, if you if you listen to all the noise. I don't know how accurate that is. He's only 31, unless he's been quite um, efficient with with getting into the coaching side of things, I, I get a feeling that even if he did want it, he couldn't get it because you've got to have certain qualifications, don't you? Uh, yeah, you certainly. I think was it Accrington got in trouble for that before? Some, uh, they'd appointed someone who didn't have the correct badges um, a little a little while ago. I forget who, uh, but um, yeah, uh, it might be true. He certainly that what certainly wasn't the reason he gave. He said it wouldn't be you know, at thirty one. It wasn't something that he wanted to be sort of diving into too quickly, nor was it something that would be, in his words, fair for the club, which I think everyone is, as I say, somewhat relieved by, and I think is a very fair way of looking at it from his perspective as well. You know, you don't want to sky yourself off too quickly getting into coaching. So he was, no, he didn't bring up that he didn't have the requisite badges yet, but he was, no, very, very firm. This is this is an interim thing for him. I'm not ready, Joe, to be eight years older than the head coach of Swindon Town Football Club. <laughs> I mean, I, uh, is anyone ever really? The manager is supposed to be a very senior figure, and the sort of lowering down of the age profile is 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 endangering. Maybe not me, but most people. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not ready for that. So great decision all <laughs> round. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Thanks, Gav. Um, I don't need that now. I'm, I'm really struggling with the whole 40 thing. <laughs> so, okay, what about Steve Milnhall? Because as, as from what I hear, which is very mild noise, I, I hear that you get these announcements and it's it's Gav Gunning and Steve Milnhall, but Steve Milnhall does a lot, probably a lot more than, than they let on. And it's always great to have Milton Hall on the scene and it's going to be really weird when he does go because he is he is a very valued bit of furniture let's just put it that way what did Gunning say on Steve Milton Hall yeah this is one of the questions where I was a little bit behind trying to keep catch up with his mad dash of a speaking voice um but he was he was very complimentary obviously about Steve Milton Hall he's he's done a great job um I think you mentioned in a Fairly recent podcast. Obviously, the goalkeepers Swindon brought through have generally done very well, with with one exception, well, an exception of a season, so about eight exceptions. But you know they've they've done well. He said that the two of them, obviously, Gavin Gunning, very quickly into his coaching career, so they they've lent on each other to to help themselves through the period. But they sound like a a good little double act, a, a Cowley's double act. If anyone wants to see the 
the uh, foreshadowing in that area. <laughs> well, we'll see. I can't wait. There's so much going to be going on against Grimsby. I'm going to be looking to see how the players react to the Lindsay departure. We'll be looking to the bench. We're going to look to Charlie Austin. It's it's going to be great fun. It's going to be great fun. I'm really looking forward to it. Of course, Charlie Austin is the big it's the big story in this press conference. We've done a few noises. He's a, Gunning's a bit conflicting with with the messages on Charlie Austin, but what's he said about him first of all? Well, yeah, um, he was. He said that um, I don't know necessarily where he heard this, but he said that people on TV often say that he's a bad egg. He's actually something of a media darling, is he not? In terms of his talk sport work, but I, I hadn't heard people said that. But apparently, that's an impression that Gunning had. But he said that he's you know, he's been great around the place so far. It's something that Luke Jeff got um, backed up later on. Uh, that he's been you know really good. He's got involved with the squad really quickly. He showed he's shown his quality on the training ground. There was a good video from from the kit men as well from of a of a lovely looking close range Charlie Austin finish. And we're thinking, here we go, boys! Box entry FC finally going to come goals FC. Um, <laughs> and yeah, he said his his movement in the box in particular was what really impressed him about having watched Charlie Austin early on, which is I think the bit we were all hoping that he would he would be able to bring to the table. So. Definitely good news in that area. I look forward to not hearing box entries again, but I, I, I think it's going to be a bit of a parody statement going forward, isn't it? I, I think it is very quickly um, passed into the realms of free draws as a win territory. Um, we're, you know, box entry champions. You'll never sing that, which I think we should have gone with at, at least some point this season, or probably a bit late now. But I, I think if we get another stats type manager, we, we probably haven't seen the back of box entries. Imagine how much that would confuse, say, Newport fans <laughs> if if we start singing <laughs> box entries. You'll never sing that. I, I don't think anyone would have any idea what we were going on about. I think half of Swindon wouldn't know either. But <laughs> just be, just those that listen to this specific podcast. Yeah, yeah. I'll be and and press and post match conferences. I'll be I'll be suitably entertained if I ever heard that. But then he goes on about the pressure and so forth, and and then then the phrase, "This isn't Charlie Austin." <laughs> this isn't the Charlie Austin show. Kind of feels like it. That was, I think, the best quote of the interview is, this is not the Charlie show. But, I mean, <laughs> it is. Uh, all of the... Uh, after the, um, Dave Rickson got back from his mid-season holiday, uh, all of the social media is Charlie Austin. And before that, it was Charlie Austin. Uh, even when we were playing games, it was, we brought Charlie back. So it's very much is going to be all eyes on one man who will almost certainly be on the bench because Swindon, uh, that kind of club uh, that would just will do that in the return of the King game will we'll put the lad on the bench bring him on for 10 minutes whilst we're 2-0 down and it'll sour the occasion but you know, it, I think they do have to say, you know, for us it's not the Charlie Austin show you know, we're, yeah. we're very much focused on what we, we can do and what Charlie can help us to do but not what's going to happen on his on his end itself. So obviously from their end, it makes a lot of sense to say this isn't Charlie Show, but every everyone who isn't a current member of the Swindon Town squad will categorically tell you that it is. I'm still not having this King Malarkey. Uh, Duke at best. <laughs> who, who, who are you putting on top of the throne then? How is he? 
who's uh, who's ahead of him. Billy Painter was top of the throne in that season, and like all dastardly dukes, he did very well and then disappeared in the second season. So it's it's Duke for Charlie Austin, as far as I'm concerned. Does anyone know if Billy Painter's coming to the game? I feel like we sh- we should have invited him in some capacity. Well, yeah, and reclaim his crown. Exactly. Sort of they do they do a, a coronation on the pitch pre match of Charlie. <laughs> Billy Painter runs on WWE style, snatches it. Lights go out. Yeah, lights go out. I'm for it. But this is the time to lap it up for the Charlie Austin, the Austin show, the Charlie show. It is exactly that. It's fine. It's huge news. It's one of the biggest transfers we've had in years. There will come a time where we we need to sort of go back to normality and start enjoying and, and, and enjoying some of the other players in time. But it's good fun, isn't it? Yeah, he's sort of taking over a bit like Harry McCurdy did last season, where uh, there were a lot of other guys who were playing well, but it was it was Mc- what McCurdy's doing that was the key part. And I mean, hopefully, it continues being the Charlie Austin show if he comes in and hits the ground running. So, from that perspective, that that could continue. But but as what, very much like this is this is a this is a group thing. Knowing Swindon, it will become some massive exits show before the end of the month. Who we didn't know saw coming, and we had no way of replacing. That's probably how it how it will go off being the Charlie Show. But you know, certainly for this weekend, and probably for at least two or three weeks, it's very firmly his gig. Mm. Yeah, and like I said, I, I'm, I'm all for that. Things might change in the future, but until then, let's enjoy this transfer. So far, our only transfer of the window. So let's just enjoy it. Gavin Gunning was asked a question about his future, and. I was surprised with how open he was about this because, well, he's very sure he's sticking around. Yeah, I mean, I, I imagine that the conversation was had when he was asked to take over, probably to do with in terms of, you know, he mo- probably got the call from Scott Lindsay asking if he wanted to come to Crawley, I guess. And mm. that that's probably where it comes from. It's like, well, if you're changing manager, I'm, am I still going to be here? So he was, he was, look, he was looking out for himself in that conversation Seem very, very confident that they, the, the club. I think he said the club are not invested, but they're behind me. I believe were his words. So he, he feels like there, he's kind of the maybe the project guy in the in the coaching staff at the moment. They're they're quite you know enamoured with him and his work so far, and he should be sticking around under whoever comes in. And I think that you know, generally speaking, guys in the lower league don't have these big backroom staffs they bring along with them. So you know. It, I would be a bit surprised if we kicked him out if someone else came in. If I was a betting man, which I'm absolutely not, I don't think Gavin Gunning was Scott Lindsay or JV Day's choice. I know there's crossover. I know Gavin Gunning and Scott Lindsay w- worked alongside each other at Forest Green Rovers. But I think I've got a suspicion that it, he's he's appointed on behalf of someone at the club. I don't know who. I might be completely wrong, but... Crawley have quite a big coaching staff already. They've already got Darren Byfield there, who's who's stuck around. So yeah, I I suspect that Gavin Gunning is at the club because he didn't come in straight away, did he? He came in a few weeks after Jamie Day. I think he has been. He is a sort of a separate appointment, um, which is what you know Noel Hunt was to Richie Wellens, wasn't he? I don't think they were bosom buddies before they rocked up at Swindon. So not a crime, but I think that's why he's around still. Well, I think Jamie Day wasn't either, right? That took a few weeks. And I think he said as soon as Day came in, like they hadn't actually played together or worked together or anything. 
they kind of knew each other a bit around the circuit, but he wasn't. Ah, oh, but yeah, the circuit—it's the Kent football scene. But it's like they didn't have that long-standing relationship. No, no, no. I was thinking, and neither did and neither did Lindsay with Ghana. They met at a course, didn't they? I think, yeah. if I remember rightly. So it's fair. But my suspicions is that Gunning wasn't a Lindsay man. But who knows? Who knows? Might ask him next week, and he might tell you. Might he? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> if, if this week was something to go by, he probably would. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Johnny asked this question, didn't he, of the advertiser, Johnny Lee Field. He was um, asked about keeping things insular. Yeah, in terms of, um, you know, not not letting the noise get to them, I guess. And and the, the obvious fanfare around Charlie Austin as well, in terms of everything around what's going on at the moment. He's, I, I'm paid to be a coach. This is kind of my job. That They're paid to be footballers. This is their job. We're not. And again, I think this is something that Scott Lindsay said before. We're not we're not listening. This isn't. It's not necess- It's not got anything directly to do with us. We're we're not using what's going on as an excuse for not winning. Although it, it will probably come up if they don't. Um, they're they're you know blink. You know they've got the blinkers on. They're looking at this game. Been working on it probably while Zinzi was still here, but certainly harder since he left. And they're you know they they. As as we speak, they're not using it as an excuse. But as I say, I think at least someone will bring it up post match uh, if we lose or indeed draw. Yeah, if it's a negative result, given the circumstances, it's a damp squib on the basis of the return of the Duke. But I'm going to be much more forgiving this weekend than anything. I don't think we're going to have a negative result this weekend. But I'm I'm. It's, I'm not saying it's a free hit. I'm not saying it's a free hit at all, but I'm going to be much more understanding. I'd just be annoyed because there's going to be so many people in the ground. Yeah, I mean, I would get it, but I, I think going into this game, Crimsby are on a, on a fairly poor run. They're not doing great in the league. You could say the same about Colchester until we played them. But, um, you know, we should, we should be winning this game, manager or no manager. The players are still, you would say, better than Grimsby's players. We've got Charlie Austin coming back. There's going to be a big crowd, hopefully a good atmosphere, at least for five minutes until we haven't scored yet and everyone turns on the team. Um, you know, I, I, I don't think there is really an excuse for not beating Grimsby at home. Yeah, I, I, I agree with everything you say. I just think I was really annoyed after Colchester with that performance and felt sorry for poor souls like yourself that, that travelled all that way to see it um, in, in, in person. But I think I will be a little bit more relaxed than I was against Colchester. Um, but we'll see how I feel. It depends on the manner of the loss as well, I suppose. A little bit of transfer talk before. It, he was only asked one real question about transfers. Um, so we'll go straight into that because it takes about two seconds. Gavin Gunning was asked about the loans the lone players that we currently have going back, are they being recalled? No idea. Exactly. <laughs> and since the presser, I mean, since all of this stuff with Scott Lindsay has been playing out, quite a few players have been linked with moves away. So Romeo Hutton and Peterborough, Ben Gladwin and Ellis Iandolo to Crawley. And on this day, the 12th of January, few internet rumours about Angus MacDonald being allowed to go, maybe some others. It's going to be an interesting month, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, sounds like half our squad's on the way out. Um, slightly surprised that Fraser Beck Tracy is, as we speak, still around. I I think it's the 16th visit when teams can have until to recall players, usually. 
We, I, I don't know that hard and fast. Sandra McKayley, I believe, dodged that question twice he, on BBC he, Wiltshire. He answered it, and I don't think he had any faith in it because Sean Hodgetts reworded it because I don't think he got the answer that he was looking for. And because I think Sean Hodgetts says usually there's a there's a deadline, but are you saying for this loan it, he could be recalled at the end of the month? And Dean McKayley, I think, said yes. And I don't think he had any faith in that response. And I don't think Sean Hodgetts had much faith, but we'll see. Yeah, I mean, we, it feels like something Burton would have done quicker. Maybe they're they're working on getting that, a deal in place before before they do anything with Fraser because they don't they don't want to play him. And I guess his value stays up whilst he's still at Swindon. Possibly that's the reasoning. And similar with Sol Brin in terms of Middlesbrough, they're waiting for for what where he goes next potentially. We've we've heard there's potential permanent interest in him from from clubs as well as loan. So. We'll see what happens there. Obviously, Swindon hope we keep hold of them. There's no real reason Gavin Gunning would know any of that. To be honest, he's not, you know, it's it's doesn't really impact his job. He's he's just the coach, <laughs> and so there's no real reason for him to have been told. And for obvious reasons as well, he wasn't telling us. Yeah. Well, let's talk a little bit about Grimsby Town. So, what we do know is we beat them this season. It was during the latter stages of that unbeaten run in the league that we had in August and September. We beat them 2-1 at Blundell Park, thanks to... I think they were the first goals for Jeff Cott and Darcy, weren't they? I don't think they'd scored before that. I might be making that up, but my mind is saying that that was their first strikes for them. They currently sit in 16th, having won eight, drawn six, and lost nine. But as you quite rightly pointed out a few moments ago, they are on a bad run of form. Um, in the last 10 games, they have won two, drawn two, lost six, scored nine, and conceded 15. However, they won the last game on New Year's Day at home to Stockport County of all teams, who are on a great run. They beat them 1-0. So it, it's really hard. <laughs> if it wasn't for that game, this would be an absolute no-brainer. But the fact that they beat Stockport is enough to keep us on our toes, which I suppose is a good thing. Yeah, Stockport and also knocked out Burton in the FA Cup. So, of course, that, that's back-to-back wins. One against inverted commas higher higher level opposition because I don't know that Burton necessarily are this season, but in a higher league. So, yeah, I think they'll be coming this with more confidence they probably had at any point in those ten games. I believe you are right. Certainly with Jeff Cobb, that was his first goal against them last time out. Gavin Gunning very very much put on the. Yeah, we did win, but it wasn't great. Um, that we, we had to dig in quite a lot when when we won up there. So, uh, you know, well, that's because Khan was sent off, wasn't he? Yeah, the, uh, I believe incorrectly sent off as well. Um, <laughs> in, in terms of that decision, but yeah, it became quite. We was talking about a lot of blocks and stuff that were going in. So they weren't taking necessarily any real major confidence from that. Although I believe the reports at the time were the, the first half performance was very good that day so yeah I mean it it would be annoying it would be quite frustrating they, they certainly come into this with, with more form they've had possibly since coming up in terms of two straight wins one of them quite morale boosting against a, a, a team up towards the top of the division in Stockport and then in the FA Cup third round so they'll be they'll be they'll be high coming to this and hopefully the Swindon positivity at the very start of the game will will deflate that yeah, I think they were on a good run of form when we played them last time round. I think they were unbeaten in about seven in the league. So nothing we haven't dealt with before, is it? So, yeah, I, I don't really know who their key people are. I know Otis Khan scored the winner on New Year's Day. 
I think Harry Clifton is their top scorer in the league, only six, but they've got a nice spread of goal scorers across their squad. So we'll see what happens there. Let's talk about injuries. It sounds pretty promising on that front. Generally promising. You said that Tom Clayton came back into training uh, or is starting to come back into training at the moment. So obviously won't be available for this weekend, but is generally fine. And then the one that sort of pricked my ears up, given the, mm. the rumours, was Ben Gladwin could be a struggle yeah. for this weekend, which given that he, I mean, as I, I, all I remember is feeling depressed at Colchester, but, um, you know, I, I don't believe he came off that game injured. It seems coincidental, shall we say, that all of a sudden when there's reported interest in his services from elsewhere, that suddenly he doesn't look like he's going to be playing this weekend. Hopefully that's just being overly cynical football fan because I think, you know, we, we, we shouldn't be getting rid of Ben Gladwin. Absolutely no chance we, should we be getting rid of him. And if we do, it should be for an extortionate fee for a for, from a football club that aren't run overly well at the moment, potentially in Sussex. Um, but yeah, that one seemed to have come out of a little bit of nowhere in terms of having had two weeks off and he's developed this injury. But everyone else apart from that is fine. I thought exactly the same as you. And I don't think it's cynical. I think it's just a part of a dance we've all experienced before, isn't it? So it, he might be injured. He might not be injured. But given the rumours, it was like, oh, gosh, you protect your players for the uh, for the 50 grand or whatever you're going to sell him for. Um, it'll be a shame. It would be a shame. I honestly thought Ben Gladwin would finish his career at Swindon. So to lose him in January would be would be disappointing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's had a significantly better season this time around. He was he was all right last season, but a bit inconsistent. Obviously had the the shift change stuff with Williams that was going on, but this season he's been I would say probably in Swindon's top 3 players with probably Hutton and Bryn, I would say so far this season. He's been he's been brilliant. Um with, with the his delivery and controlling games, he's just been he's just been great and with the this talk when he was coming back in um, first time around, I would I would say you're right. The feeling was he would kind of look to finish his playing days at Swindon or for as long as Swindon would have him. So to lose him to to Crawley to, um, mid-season when he's playing as well as he is would be incredibly annoying. And I hope there's I hope that fee would be a little bit more than fifty grand, personally. <laughs> yeah, indeed. How do you envisage Gavin Gunning setting up for this, and what does he want from his side? Well, there was. I, I don't think I got it in the blog because again he was talking quickly, but um, he was he was talking about um, when things he was sort of allowed to do. It was you know you can just, we can change the team how we want to. We can maybe switch the formation a little bit. And I heard that and thought, hmm, does does that that feels like a, a detail we wouldn't necessarily have to throw in given that Swindon were playing a four three three that. Is, is fairly standard. So that could potentially hint at a switch towards a front two, which I know people have been clamouring for. Uh, not something that I would personally want us to change into, but it sounds like a formation switch is not off the table in terms of his remit. Um, he spoke, as I said earlier on, he's gave some early days lintisms in terms of wanting to be more vertical, not long ball, but, you know, up the tempo now, we want to really get at teams early on. We want to play fast, possession-based, but attacking football, which again was, I think, if I, look, if I look back to the summer when Scott Lindsay was revealed, I think that might be almost verbatim what he said then. So I'm not I'm not getting carried away with that. People can if they want to. I, I will be 
watching the game on some on Saturday to see if any of that happens. But he was definitely, you know, looking for in terms of what he said, he's looking for a more aggressive Swindon. Yeah. And atmosphere was discussed as it usually is when when a big crowd is expected. But I don't think it was the response I, I expected here. No, I was slightly confused by what he said, or certainly what I thought he had said, um, which is, you know, he was saying that the atmosphere early on will be quite frantic and you know, with everyone being so excited with Charlie Austin being back and the bigger crowd. So, you know, hopefully we can try and settle into it a bit. It's like everything else he said is like we should be trying to whip that up and go for them early doors. So that was, I don't, I don't know if I maybe took it a bit wrong, but it didn't seem to fit in with the other things he said and also not necessarily how you would want to use that atmosphere, given that usually <laughs> Swindon atmospheres are you know, um, quite puncturable by slightly slow starts. Yeah, I give him a pass for this. I know he's done. He's probably done his fair share of presses before as a player, but it's a bit different as a as an interim head coach. So there, there are a few bits where I think he can't make give it a little people are going to be listening to this on BBC Radio Wiltshire at some point but very interesting nonetheless let's go to the Joe zone hi Gavin um was there any talk about you potentially following Scott to Crawley because obviously you came in under his watch or you were, were you always staying here no, I was always staying at the club yeah um obviously just being an interim how much sort of scope have you got to change things around or has Sandro talked to you about what you know he wants you to do no and there's no listen. You come in as an interim. There's no point in trying to like recreate the wheel or trying to adapt a new style or change much in your formation. You can tinker little bits and pieces, but really, it's just about coming in. You don't know how much time you've got, so be positive, be clear with your message, and the rest will take care of itself. Yeah, that's all for me. Thanks, Gavin. It's a nice, quick response with whether he was ever going to Crawley. Yeah, I was. You know, as as we discussed, I was I was interested to see if that was ever on the table. He was very quick to eschew it and say no I'm I'm Swindon's coach I'm Sandro's man it would appear um so he was that's definitely not happening um I thought you know maybe it was a a, a bit of a sort of Scott Lindsay situation in the summer where Charlton come a calling and maybe there there had been an option to go but he didn't certainly let on that that had happened yeah and I I would say it's probably right when he says that they're not looking to reinvent the wheel, they might have one game, they might have two, they might have more. I think for now, you stick to what they've been working on for the last few months, don't you? Yeah, it doesn't really make any sense. He he doesn't want the job full time, so he's not you know trying to showcase what he can do tactically and what a Gavin Gunning team would be. It's, it's very much trying to hold things together keep what was happening, maybe try and make it that little bit more effective because Swindon need to win the game. And just sort of generally the style from the top down is largely what Swindon were already doing. So it wouldn't really make any sense from any point of view that Swindon looked to change things drastically. Uh, he's picked out beautifully by Gladwin. Blake Tracy moves into the centre of midfield, forward to Baudry. He can find Gladwin. Hutton is already motoring forward on the right-hand side. Gladwin plays him in, tries to go at the full-back Ferguson, looks up, decent cross, Jeff Cox head of the last 2-0. player guest after a long wait on the blog I was on tenterhooks was Luke Jeffcott which was good because I expected him to be done in January I had an awful feeling that he would go and he, he knows he might still but here he is 
you know, not not too much to to take from this. But what were the big bits for you? Yeah, not loads. Um, I think the big bits was on his own future. I think he got two different questions on that on his loan and um, kind of where he saw himself. And he thought he, he said both times that it's very much up in the air. He, he doesn't know what's going to happen. He then, I think, the second time around said he would see where he is at the end of the season. So it doesn't seem like a recall is happening, which I think with Charlie Austin's um, arrival, we thought was certainly on the table that he might go back. But maybe that's more from Plymouth's end. They're you know, wanting to look out for number one and they're, you know, they don't necessarily want him back um, to be around the squad. So we'll, we'll see what happens there. But he definitely, that was kind of the most interesting part of this was him on his own future. I think the rest of it was fairly generic. Yeah. Yeah. You've got, you can only work with what you've got in, in this, in this case. And I imagine he was sat there having a cup of tea in the county grounds and then told to go and do presser duty. So it's fair enough. Um, it is one of those cases. I think that Plymouth don't need him. They don't want him. But if there was another league two side sniffing around saying, we'll take him and we'll play him every week, then that, that pesky recall and send out could happen. But I don't know. We'll, we'll see. I, I hope he sticks around because if it all went brilliantly, he would have signed on a permanent this month, wouldn't he? Um, I think that was the terms of the of the loan agreement. What do you talk about? What did he say about service? Because a big defence of Luke Jeffcott in his games where he hasn't scored or got close to scoring is the lack of service. What, what did he say about this? Yeah, he was kind of talking about the um, sort of zigzaggy nature, but kind of with with how he's been getting service. You know, sometimes he might get quite a few chances in other games, Allen or Hampton, um, or and indeed Colchester. He didn't really get a shot at all. He didn't he didn't get those opportunities, and those kind of things have been happening. Sometimes happening. Not uh, not not on others, which has been the big critique of Swindon a lot of the time is that those chances aren't aren't coming, and he certainly wasn't like you know laying into anyone for this. He was saying sometimes you know from his perspective he can't always you know go go and make those things for himself. He is relying on service from elsewhere, but also that you know he it was it was it was just kind of the the way things go sometimes in football that. You, he, he will sometimes get the chance, and hopefully he'll be able to put them away. But um, he isn't always that isn't always going to happen, and that's just kind of how things happen. Of course, because Luke Jeffcott is Welsh. He was asked about Gareth Bale, who retired this week, an incredible player. But I loved his response. I think he, didn't he say something along the lines of like yeah, he didn't need to retire yet? Yeah, he did. He was straight. I was. Just, he thought he had a lot more to offer. He was you no. Know, he he could still do it at the at the highest level, which I think his. Um, his loan, not overly successful loan spell at LAFC, although they did, of course, win the title and he scored the goal to help them get MLS Cup. But, you know, probably points towards him maybe not being quite at the top level anymore. But he was he was, he was very bullish out the gates with, you know, I, I thought he, he could have kept going, but he was, you know, for, for obvious reasons, as a, as a proud Welshman, very deferential towards what is, I think, Ellis James certainly described. So it's not just coming from me there. They're Wales's best ever player, and I think um, in his and in Luke Jeffcott's, and I would say mine as well, certainly up there with the best British players I've ever been. Yeah. Oh, that Ellis James, right? Okay. Let's go back to the Joe Zone quickly. Um, I just wanted to know how kind of disruptive the last 
two weeks have been because I think it was last Thursday the news was coming out about Scott maybe leaving and then um, it just sort of didn't come out until yesterday so what has it been like for players when that's going on and there's that uncertainty? Um, it, it can be difficult but I think you know it's also part of the job you know change change can happen um, we try to you know not worry too much about outside you know news and stuff like that and um you know just focus on the training really and then kind of following up on what andrew was asking about charlie austin in terms of like advice as players do you sort of seek him out during training in the dressing room does he offer bits and bobs when you're doing things how does that kind of work you know personally i watch him pick stuff up when i'm watching him um I know that I can go and you know speak to him after a session or during the session if there's something that I think you know I want advice on or if there's something that he can tell me that he thinks that I can do better than of course I'm going to ask. And so has he been quite forthcoming with that so far? Have you found? Um, yeah, he's been he's been sound. To be fair, he's um, settled in quite well. You know, got involved with all the conversations and then. You know, I think a player with his experience and uh, character can really benefit us. That's all from me. Thanks, Luke. Yes. There you go. Happy with your answers? Yeah, generally. I, you know, I, I quite like the sort of um, athletic-y type looking behind how things work when in when in in behind football clubs. I, I quite like those um, kind of things in terms of. I think the best article I've read on there was one about player liaison officers. So kind of the situation, what happens to players when a manager leaves mid-season? I was I was quite intrigued by what that might be. Or in terms of as what well, the second question on Charlie Austin, though, you know, what how does the device players sort of more senior players you hear about it a lot, you know, giving advice down to the younger players? I think something that comes up with Jude Bellingham quite a lot, where he's you know he's always asking for advice. He sits near the old players kind of thing and it's like well how does that actually work is he just sort of yelling at Jeff Cott don't shoot like that you fool put it over there or is he you know quite word after training is it is it kind of that way so it was it was kind of two questions on you know on a similar line on different topics it's just you know it, it wasn't the most depth but it's always quite quite interesting in my opinion to hear about those kind of things cool Lovely. Okay, well, that leaves us to end on predictions. Now, we didn't do a presser to our, to our absolute shame for the Colchester game because it was New Year's Eve and we both had lives to live. Uh, we regret nothing, but we did provide predictions in the WhatsApp chat. So I went for a 2-1 win at Colchester. <laughs> you were mocking me for saying back-to-back wins. So you went with a 1-1 draw, which is closer, but still. <laughs> um, so we move on to Grimsby. I am going to yeah, I'm gonna say 3-1 Swindon. Oof, going big. I'm going to say 2-1 to Swindon, Charlie Austin, 88th minute winner. You've snookered me, but it sounds good. Joe, thank you very much. Thank you very much, Rich. The Low Strangers is an independent podcast and views given do not reflect those of Swindon Town Football Club. The intro music of the presser is by the amazing Drag Me Down, influenced by the great Matthew Kilford. And the podcast artwork is by Matt in Singapore. What a guy. Thanks for listening. Come on, Swindon. Hello, Bubble. 
Hi, Ellis Pod fans, it's JR here. If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who would they be? We've had lots of Big Macs, like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy, or even Steve McMahon. Perhaps you'd prefer to channel the power of McPlant, like Darren Ward. Or maybe five chicken selects, one to enjoy for each time Ben Gladwin joined. Yep, there's one spare, but there's still time. And you don't need super scouts or data solutions to get your hands on any of these. McDelivery through the McDonald's app brings them all to you. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.